Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. Hi, everybody. It's Linda Gunner with Love Him, Love Them. And today we are going to touch your heart and change your life. So you stay tuned. One of my very good friends whose voice you're going to recognize, you might not recognize her, but she is a radio star from uh, Lake Hartwell Radio. She's got an amazing story of how she has changed the world. So you just stay tuned. If you want to know anything about Love Him, Love Them, if you need to be involved with any of the amazing events that we have going on between now and forever, uh, go to our website at Love Him, Love Them. But for right now, I just need you to stand up to your top of your room, put your hands in the air, and a very loud roar of applause for my friend MJ Neiser. So MJ, like I said, everybody's going to recognize your voice. So just tell me, say hello. Hello. But how in the world have I changed (laughs) the world? How have you changed the world? I've changed the world. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that, that right? (laughs) Nobody knows. Nobody knows what's happening if they don't hear you. You're the one that tells everybody exactly what's going on. So I want you, first of all, I want you to tell me, because I don't know this story about, Mm -hmm. and, but what I really, really want to talk about is the fire, but I'm going to, I'm going to hold that off. I want to know how, how did you become MJ Neiser? Like, is that really your name? My name is Mary Jo Neiser. Mary Jo Neiser. But MJ my, sounds very. My mother named me after Mary and Joseph. My, oh, stop and, it! Yeah, I'm really? not kidding. My um, my maternal grandmother, uh, was Polish immigrant, and her name was Maria Josefina. Oh, look at you going that rolling yeah. with your tongue. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so I was named after her and Mary and Joseph. We were raised Catholic. Really? Oh, that's interesting to see how you got from there to where you are today. (laughs) So when did you become, did you call yourself MJ all in middle school and everything else? Oh, no, no. Um, Your radio name. That came about when I started working at CNN. Okay, so see, this is what I want to know. Oh, see, okay. I don't know all this story. Okay, oh, okay. so all right, you grew up, did you always know you wanted to be on radio? Or? No, no, no. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to be. I didn't think I could be anything. Oh, MJ. Yeah, well, you know, I came from a middle class family in Milwaukee. Both oh, my wow. parents worked. I didn't know that either. Yeah, I have three older brothers and um, Catholic, you know, grew up Catholic, went to Catholic Elementary school, all-girl Catholic high school. Um, all still in Milwaukee? All st- well, when I was 16, my dad took a new job out in Los Angeles. So in the middle of my sophomore year, we moved to Los Angeles. But we moved to an area where they had another all-girl Catholic high school. So I changed schools in the middle of my sophomore year in high school. Okay. But um, all my friends in California called me Joe. Okay. When... My coming to to Atlanta has to do a lot with how I got saved and and what oh, God wow. did in my life Great to story. get me to that point. Um, yeah, because I'm thinking, how do you get from L.A. Los? How do you get from L.A. to L.A. Because <laughs> now we're in Livonia. <laughs> Everybody calls Livonia L.A. And oh, you were in right. Los Angeles. Yeah, I so Milwaukee. So tenth grade, you're in Los Angeles, right. and then you get. See, this is interesting, too, because people that are Catholic, I I would love for you to explain that to me, because are are all Catholics going to heaven or Catholics that profess Jesus to be the Lord going to heaven? How does that work with Catholics? And then like you're saying, but then I got saved. I taught everything that 
other Christians are taught, you know, right. that Jesus that died on the cross for our sins. Is that, that he's God and the son of God. That little box that you have to go into to confess your sins. Oh, the confessional. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm not whole, going in there. Yeah. <laughs> that whole area is, is um, something that they subscribe to. Okay. And I'm just going to leave it there. Okay, that's fine. Because I don't want to upset anybody. No, that's, no, 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 no. Know. We don't need it. And the Bible does say confess your sins one to another. If you confess right, your sins, right. you will be forgiven, blah, 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 right. blah. And so I have, you tell the story. I have so. my whole theory on that, and I don't, I don't want we'll, to go We'll, we'll write go another there. book about it. We'll do right. that on your podcast. I loved living in Los Angeles. I, I had a lot of friends. Going to the beach, going to the mountains, Stop. everything. Oh, it was so yes. fun. And, and I was, you know, back in the day, I was kind of a hot little chicky okay, with my girl. long blonde hair and my California tan and all Stop that stuff. Stop it. And, um, but see, I was never, the, the, the generation that I grew up in, if you weren't engaged by the time you were a senior in high school, yeah. there was something wrong with you. If you were, you were still single at 20, mm. yeah. Um, my parents never allocated any money for me to go to college. They just okay. assumed I, get married. I would get married, and that's what I thought. And I didn't think I could do college-level work. I thought you had to be some sort of genius, and you had to be wealthy, and, and I knew— I had not had the encouragement that a lot of children get when I was growing up. My parents worked. Okay. They had a, a a rocky marriage. Okay. When when my dad moved us out to California, it was because he did not have the courage to tell my mother that he had met somebody else. Oh wow. And he picked us up at the airport, took us to a, our apartment kissed my mother on the forehead and said, I'm not living here. And he walked out. No. And she had never lived anywhere but Milwaukee her entire life. Oh, my goodness. So here we were in this huge city. Now you're, so you're a sophomore. How I'm the, 16. How old are the boys? Uh, they're older than me. They okay. were all married so with the their baby. own families. Oh. They were in their 20s and 30s building their lives and careers back east. And um, so, so it's, it's just you me, and your mom. Just in the me hotel, and my mom in the apartment. In, in the apartment. And wow. we stayed for two years for me to finish high school, long story short. And when she got out of, when I got graduated, which I graduated high school, <laughs> it was a gift. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Because I, I didn't study. I didn't do right. anything. Probably I, didn't care too much. I didn't care. I, I had a boyfriend and oh. we were going to get married. And, every you know, he, it, he was a, a lovely man. He he was a great guy. His parents were Russian immigrants, okay. and that was pretty interesting. And yeah. I lived with them when I when I graduated from high school. My mom went back east and moved in with my oldest brother okay. and his family. I stayed in L.A. I was eighteen. She, oh wow! She couldn't make me go back with her. I was a legal adult in California. My dad filed for divorce immediately and remarried. And, um, and I got a job. I moved in with his parents. They invited me to stay with them, them until I could get a job yeah. and get on my feet. So I spent the summer living with my boyfriend's family. I got an apartment. I got a job. I didn't know how to do anything, really. I'd never worked like a lot of kids in high school, get mm -hmm. part-time jobs. I didn't yeah. do that. So I didn't know what to do. But my mother had always been an executive secretary, and she said, 
learn to type and take shorthand and you'll always have a job. job. That's true. Back in the day. Yeah. So that's what I did in high school. I learned to type and I took learned shorthand. And I went to a temp agency downtown in my little mini skirt and my <laughs> long blonde hair, my little California tan. Don't forget the and, tan. Yeah. And I, I said I need a job. And they said, can you type 35 words a minute? I said, yes. Well, I had jobs Lined up the up. wazoo, and I ended up getting a job with a major accounting firm in downtown L.A. as a file clerk and receptionist, and I got to date all these cute little What guys. happened to the, the, the boyfriend? Um, we broke up. Oh, okay. You left we, that part out. I was like, oh, I'm two sorry. Timer. Along, <laughs> along the way, okay. um, I got tired of waiting for him. Okay. Um, so, he didn't want to do anything with his life out of high school, but in that period of time, because I was raised Catholic and... I was at a point in my life where I didn't know if what I was raised in was the truth or not. Okay, questioning it, right? And a lot of young people go through that. Sure. So I said this little prayer. I said, God, I don't know if you exist the way I was taught. And I'm going to cry. That's fine. Everybody um, does in that chair. Okay. The tissues. Okay. Um, Thank you. So now are you you're working at the accounting firm mm-hmm. and you're saying, God, I'm not real sure if what I, you taught yeah. me is true. So then and what then what was the rest of the prayer? The rest of the prayer was um, you could I don't even know if you exist. OK. Or you could be some kind of spirit hanging out somewhere. I don't know what and I said, but I all of that that I was taught is just tradition to yeah. me and it doesn't mean anything to me. So I'm not going back to church. And if you if you exist, hold on to me. Oh wow, hold on to me. Mm-hmm. And so that was it. That was the end of my prayer. And and I lived a pretty wild, promiscuous life. I hear you, girl. At that point, and I um, broke up with my boyfriend. I had all these other boyfriends, and I was doing some drugs and partying. You know, like young and people you, do. But you prayed the hold on to me before all that. In mm-hmm. the midst of that, okay, mm-hmm. keep in going. In the midst of that. And um, gradually, I began to realize that what my generation was calling the new morality was really just old sin in a new package. Oh, wow. That's good. And I became very um, depressed and and, and, um, empty. I began to feel the emptiness. And my mom, in the meantime, back east, it was not working out with living with my brother. Yeah. So I did. Made, you ever visit your dad while you were in? Oh LA? yeah, I made it. Uh, I made an effort. He was okay. very surprised I was still in LA. He thought I had gone back east. Okay, but my dad didn't want to take care of his his daughter. He told me when I was sixteen, I was old enough to make my own way in the world, and he wasn't going to support me. Okay, so I did. And uh, so didn't. things are not working out with your mom and your brother. It's, so I moved back east uh, to Milwaukee. I moved back to Milwaukee. And um, with the intent, by this time, she had lived with each one of my brothers, and it didn't work out. Yeah, worn out her She was very depressed, and um, she tried suicide a couple of times, and they didn't know what to do. Right. So I went back and thought, she can live with me. Well, it was the same thing when she lived with me, too. I I couldn't get her to take her medication. I couldn't get her to do anything. Out of that funk. Yeah, I couldn't get her out of it. And she... They tried a psychologist who was a priest to talk to her, and not, she didn't want anything to do with anybody. So she went back to the nursing home. Oh. And um, 
I got into some trouble in Milwaukee and got fired from the job I was in. And um, my I had a brother, one of my other brothers, Frank, was living in New Jersey in a little town called Millville, New Jersey. And he was running the cable TV franchise there. Okay. I had a little studio like this. Yeah. And um, he said, come out here and, and live with me and my family and I'll get you. You can work at this station. And he got me another job um, as an accounts payable clerk with another company there. And I lived with them. And But working in the little uh, TV station there, he had this brilliant idea that um, he would have me and a guy that he hired from the local radio station do this six o'clock evening news, which was pretty Here funny. comes the news voice. Okay. <laughs> so he set up a card table and a curtain behind us and we had a little Little um, sounds like Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like it, it was like a version of Saturday Night Live, and he had a little ticker um, machine going, UPI yeah. news machine ticking in the background, so it sounded like a newsroom. Yeah, you know? and we had this big old black and white camera uh, focused on us, and we just ripped stuff off the the news wire and and read it. Yeah, that's it. And um, then on Sundays, I would do what your tech guy here is doing. I would run the um, the board for the pastors that would come in oh. and oh. do half hour programs for sh- for shut-ins because okay. you don't they didn't have live stream in 1976. So. <laughs> but you're uh, listening to the pastors? There was what I was kind of listening but not really. I was real depressed. I was still doing drugs. My brother and his wife were still doing their fair share. And I was really looking for a way out because I kept saying, if this is all there is to life, if all you do is just work and then you die, I don't want it. Right. And that's how I felt. And um, so I was, I was trying to figure out a way to commit suicide without actually having to do it. If you know what I mean? I, you know, it's just like, I just didn't want to be here anymore. So, wow. I'm running the cameras, and there was a spirit-filled Methodist pastor, Stu. His name was Stu, and I can't think of his last name off off hand. But he would come in, and you're sitting on the board, and I'm and on the board. He's like here, this, like like in you the are. studio. Okay. And um, before he would go on, he'd come in the in the back where I was, and he'd say, "How are you doing today? How are you feeling? Mm. Everything okay? You doing okay?" And I just started talking to him right and um and he never invited me to church but then my brother but just talking to him helped and then my brother hired the assistant pastor of the local church of god and that boy who i was engaged to at one point later the uh, the, uh, the pastor from the church of god the, the assistant pastor oh the assistant pastor um his name was was dave mackintosh and dave would follow me around with his little gideon bible <laughs> and he would just talk to me about jesus and i was like i don't want to hear that just leave me alone i'm supposed to be training you're supposed to be learning how to do all this stuff and i don't want to talk about that and one day he said Yes, but do you know where you're going when you die? 
And I whipped around. I said, yeah, I'm going to hell. Now leave me alone. <laughs> okay. And he didn't. <laughs> he, he just did. kept oh, following wow. me around. So he would invite me to church. And a couple of times I went and I sat in the back. And, you know, I hadn't that, been. To the Church of God? Yeah. Okay. And I hadn't, I hadn't been to a Church of God ever. I didn't know what Pentecostal. I didn't know any of that stuff. Yeah. Catholic to Pentecostal. Catholic big to agnostic to, <laughs> you know. So I'd go sit in the back and everybody's raising their hands. And I, I'd last about 10 minutes and I'd be <laughs> out the door and in the parking lot and saying, God, if you're real, I'm not, that's, I can't do this. Yeah, there are, people are weird. Yeah. So, and I go home. And, um, so one day he invited me. They were showing a Billy Graham movie one Wednesday night called A Time to Run. And instead of letting me sit in the back, he got me down the second row, squished me in the middle of about 27 other people. Wow. And I'm sitting there, this, and I'm watching that movie. And I'm thinking, oh, that's, that's pretty, pretty good production value here. They did a good job, but it's like a real movie or something. That's and that's all I was thinking, and um, and the pastor Duran Palmetry, when the movie was over, gave an altar call, and something inside me just broke, mm-hmm. and but I felt like my feet were nailed to the floor, and oh. I kept thinking if I could just take one step, just one step, and it literally took every ounce of strength in my entire body to take that one step. But when I did, I ran to that altar. Oh, MJ, and. That's that's how I got saved. That was in January of 1976, and I got up from that altar, and nobody said the sinner's prayer for me. Nobody said, um, do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Right. None of that. I just bawled like a baby, and people came and prayed with me. But I got up from that altar, and I was different. Yeah. And I said for I kept saying for weeks, people would talk to me, and, and I'd say, but you don't understand. I'm uh, it's I'm not the same. I'm different. All that emptiness was gone. Wow. It was gone. And Dave had given me um, a good news for a modern man, New Testament. Uh-huh. And I'd never read the Bible before. I, had, I knew Bible stories and I knew snippets from going to mass, but I didn't know the Bible. Right. And um, <clears throat> where I was working as an as a accounts payable clerk um, was unionized and we had a, an office, we had a layoff for a little while. So I was sitting in the unemployment office and I had this New Testament paperback. And um, I thought, well, I might as well read this while I'm waiting. Uh, <laughs> Nothing else to uh, do. Yeah. I don't know where to start. Oh, wow. So I started with Revelation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but Which it, is the last book in the Bible, if you don't know. Last <laughs> book in the Bible that's not the one that new Christians normally are told to no. start reading. Uh-uh. You know? But I didn't know, so I'm reading, I'm reading it. And I'm seeing things in there that correlated to things. And it was like God just was opening some scripture up to me. And um, then they gave me another Bible. And Are you engaged with them at this point yet? Or? We eventually became engaged. Key- engaged he okay. proposed to me i started singing with the um with the praise team yeah and um and i i didn't know i could sing i didn't know and um but he asked me to sing with them so i was singing with them and excuse me lo and behold i found out i could sing <laughs> which was a surprise i didn't know that and um 
we just got to know each other and, and we started dating and then he proposed and, but see, I was, um, I was a brand new Christian and I didn't know he wanted to marry me, but I didn't, I liked him, but I didn't know that I wanted to marry him. Okay. And so we went for counseling and Duran was really good at asking all the right questions. And by the time we got out of counseling, I realized that as much as I liked Dave, I didn't want to marry him. Right. And um, and then that church, that little church of God, they became my family. Oh. And they just sort of took me under their wing and discipled me. And, you know, there was one girl, Nancy, who was a couple of years older than me. She would take me to, we went to like second chapter of Acts concerts and mm. all kinds of stuff. And they always made sure I was involved. And they were like a family. They were my family. Right. The and, family of God. And there was one um, woman who played the organ. Her name was Mary Lou Broadwater. And she was about 10 years older than me. And she saw potential in me. I didn't see. I was a file clerk. That's, you know, that's oh. what I thought I would be. And I didn't know what else was coming. And um, And she said, you know, have you thought about going to college? And I said, yeah, right. I'm not going to college. I can't go to college. I'm not smart enough for college. Plus, I can't afford college. And she said, and after the Sunday night services, she would bug me about it. We would all go out and have coffee and, and pie and stuff after yeah. the Sunday night service. And um, and she would just bug me about it. And I thought a lot of her. I, I loved her dearly. She was like a big sister to me. So... I started to just kind of look into it a little bit and found out that if you go as an independent student, and, and my brother was started to encourage me too, and, and he started helping research a little bit and um, found out that if I went as, as an independent student, if I wasn't on my parents' Oh, uh, that's right. Tax, didn't count their money. Now as it's a dependent, paid for. Yeah. Um, I was, there was a lot of financial aid out there. Right, right. So, so that wiped that excuse off. Yes. And and then and the Lord was bugging me because the Lord kept saying, you can Don't do Don't you more. hate when he does that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, stop I, it. <laughs> I, by this time, I was like a data entry operator. And the Lord would, and I hated it. And the Lord would say, you can do more with your life than this. You can do more. Like, no, I can't. <laughs> No, I can't. Yeah, you can. You can Cracks do more. Cracks me up that we argue with God. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, like, <laughs> so how do you go from that to CNN? Well, I had to go to college. Okay. So I, I went. Um, I took all the steps. I went and took the ACT test. Now at this, by this time, I'm 24. Okay. Oh, that's how old I am now. Yeah. Yes, you are. <laughs> I'm 24. I know. Yeah. Goes well, on. when you get to be my age. Um, yeah. Anyway, so. I went. I didn't study for it. I just knew I had to take either the SAT or the ACT test as part of the process to right. get into college, and I didn't expect anything out of that because I was I goofed off. I literally graduated from Holy Angels High School in Glendale, California, with a one point eight GPA. <laughs> Holy Angels. <laughs> Which, one point what? Eight. Okay. So I knew I wasn't going to college, but I thought, all right, I'll just give it a try. Well, I did so well. I didn't do very good on the math, but I did so well on the reading comprehension and um, essay part that I got offered scholarships oh, wow. to colleges. And so I 
they had a career day at Lee University, which was then Lee College. Yeah. So a bunch of us went down on a bus and I looked around and decided, okay, I'll go. And I started doing the applications. I sent in my, my um, uh, financial aid for the student loan down there. And I never heard anything because, you know, there was no computers. You had to wait oh, for people right. to send you a, you a letter back. That's right. Or call you. And I never <laughs> well, got open a the call mail. Oh. and I never got anything in the, le- in the mail. So I called down there and I talked to this very sweet Southern girl. And I didn't understand Southern at the time. So she said, I said, I sent this app, uh, student loan application. Did you get it? And she said, yes, ma'am. And I said, well, what happened to it? She said, well, we failed it. Oh. And I heard she failed. I said, well, how did, the, how did you fail it? She said, ma'am, we failed it. Oh, <laughs> and I said, well, What's that's that the end of that. that? Yeah, I thought, all, that's failed. the end of that. They failed my, my loan application. And once you and file I'm, something I'm in the there. South, that's it. Huh? And Duran said, no, you go. And so they took up a collection for me, uh-huh. and I left my cat with my roommate because by this time I had an apartment, and um, and I packed everything into my car and drove down to Cleveland, Tennessee, and uh, no GPS, just you know AAA had those flip cards, you know. Yep. And <laughs> I got down there, and I went to register, got a dorm room, went to register that day, got all the way up to the thing had my classes all picked out and she said that'll be five hundred dollars and i said i don't have five hundred dollars and she said well you can't register if you don't have five hundred dollars so i went back to the dorm called my pastor called durian palmetry and said well i'm coming back to millville i don't have five hundred dollars he said you stay right there (laughs) and tomorrow morning you go and talk to the financial aid officer Mm -hmm. so i went to the financial aid officer and i waited he, I got there at 8 o'clock. He didn't show up till 11, but I waited. And he called me in his office, and I said, you know, I told him how they failed my— He said, by this time he had a new girl in the office, and he said, Debbie, go see if her forms are in the, in the cabinet. And sure enough, the little girl a year earlier had filed my <laughs> loan and, and just left it in a drawer and didn't do anything with it. So he started, this financial aid officer started crunching numbers. And, and by the time I walked out of there, I had grants. I had the student loan. I had a work study in his office. And I had um, $1,000 left over after everything was paid for. $1,000 left over for a year. So, okay, guys. We're going to have to have another show with MJ yeah, Neiser I'm sorry, was for you to find out hour? exactly yeah. how you go from a 1.8 at the Holy, Holy, Holy Angels, Angels High School in L.A. all the way to uh, a financial scholarship that God has blessed her with. And for those of you who don't know, the CNN story is just the beginning. So you're going to have to uh, look us up to find show number can, two. Can oh, I go say ahead. one, one yes. last thing? By the time I finished, because I didn't know how to study, by the time I finished my first freshman year semester, I was on the dean's list. And to the dean's list. So that's that's what God can do. Yes. 
So if you are a, a teenage girl that's been raised as a Catholic, you <laughs> might need to say the same exact prayer that MJ did, because I can tell you this, God answered that prayer. God has held on to her. He's not only held on to her, he's lifted her up. So there were so many amazing nuggets in this testimony, and it's not even the end. I want to encourage you to let you understand the reason that I love MJ is because she knows how to love him by loving them. She has loved me through some of the most difficult times of my life. So you be sure to look up and you praise God today for wherever you are in your life, any of the situations that MJ has been in, and you look and you see that God is a miracle working God. Don't forget to love him and love